You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. What is up, punters and dribblers? Welcome back to another episode of All Talk with your friends, your pals, your boys. Your best mates. Your best mates. Tom and Eddie here, Hello Sport Podcast. Back for another episode of All Talk. Um, now, just a bit of like peeking behind the curtain. Not the iron curtain. Just the Hello Sport curtain. That's right. Bit of a difference. Bit of a difference. Well, well, a significant it's, it's a, well, just a different type of curtain, different yep. fabric used, yep. Tom. Correct. Um, this has been recorded a couple of weeks in, uh, before you're hearing it. So there are obviously going to be some cricket machinations that will have taken place that we haven't asked about. So if you're like, hey, why didn't you ask about thing in the future I can't predict as I record this, there's, now you know. Now you know. So... Now that you are aware of that fact, why don't you just sit back, relax, and enjoy what we do talk about? Yeah, um, who are we talking to? We're talking to the great Ryan Harris, mm. uh, the Jaffa King. Some people like to refer to him yep. as King of the Jaffas. King of the Jaffas, the man who bowls the ball of the century this side of the century. That's my belief, at least. Mm. Anyway, one of the great uh, fast bowling products we've ever produced. Injury sort of, you know, got it. Got its claws into him, unfortunately, but a terrific man, a terrific yarn, Ryan Harris. Hey, how are you? How's things? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, all good. Just a uh, hectic time coming into Big Bash. Yes. Um, well, other than a 10-day break, which has been ridiculous. But um, Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Is that? Do you think that – is it ridiculous in the sense of just like you sort of – the season just starts to get going and then it's just like – yeah. Yeah, just I mean, we had our game washed out, so it just it feels longer. But I just I'm just amazed that a national comp <laughs> played four games, I think it was, and then stopped for ten days. It's just stupid. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> and do you? So, so would you just would you say like they should just keep playing? Uh, in, I, I think they should just keep playing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, people will choose what they want to watch. <laughs> yeah, um, but I yeah, I mean, it's just a unique thing. I think next year we go back to normal, but. You know, I just it's it's been amazing. So anyway, it is what it is. Is that is that only happened this year? As far as yeah, as far as I know, because of, because the test matches started so late, and then yep. they uh, obviously took it to Perth. Um, that's it's just a hopefully it's a one off because they, I know the players aren't fans of it. So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope they don't do it again. I actually know. was thinking. I mean, I just assumed like I didn't even remember how I don't remember year to year. Or day to day, generally, but I was like, yeah. I wasn't. I was sort of like, geez, I wouldn't mind just having some big bash on after the test. I just yeah. assumed that because the cricket's on, that's when they stop. But it does yeah. sort of. I didn't even think about it from the context of just literally pausing the competition for ten days so we can watch a bit of test cricket. Yeah, it's. I mean, we we've not everyone's had a ten day break. I think most have had the five or six, but even still, like it's. We were the unlucky ones, I guess, and then, had, as I said, had that washout. That wasn't great either. So No. But so how have, you, how have you found coaching? Do you love it? Good. Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, um, it, it's um, it's my first senior um, sort of role down in Adelaide, but mm-hmm. it's I've been coaching pathway stuff for about six, seven years in Queensland, so it's been good. But, yeah, coming down here is big move back. I obviously grew up here, but, you know, called Brisbane home, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. It's challenging, but... Dealing with the um, the players these days is a little bit different than the players I used to play with. You have to, you have to tickle their balls a bit more. <laughs> so you have to do that. But anyway, that's just the way it is, isn't it? So now, you can't exactly tell them, tell them what you feel sometimes. Is there, a, is there a sort of a day in coaching training where you get they tell you how to tickle balls? Is there a, a right oh, way not, to do it? No, not really. Oh, no, not really. <laughs> you just, you just, I've just learned off, um, you know, watching – Certain guys do it um, who obviously have good relationships with players. That's the other thing. You just got to try and get up those good relationships and you sort of know who you can yell at and bark at and mm. know who, if you do, they'll cower like a little puppy. So you just got to be careful how you do it <laughs> and when it, you do it. Yeah, it's interesting because that seems to be a reality that's reflected across a lot, like sport generally, right? You hear even – And society. Society. Well, yeah, you're yeah, right. Society, society, yeah. Society, yeah. that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. Is it frustrating at times, given that, you know, you came from more of the no-nonsense era? Mm. Um, is, it, is, it, is it a frustrating thing to have to do when you see someone who just can't cop it? It, it is because it's sort of like it's mainly the, the time you're going to give someone a spray or it's not just about spraying people either, but it's, it's when, you, when you're trying to tell someone to, to me and, to, and I mean, I won't do it unless I speak to my other coaches either. So, mm. you know, to make sure I've, 
it's not just me seeing something that's there or not there, but um, it's almost like some of the stuff you talk to them about, they should just know as professional sportsmen. Yep. And, and, and again, coming from the old back in my day words, um, you know, guys sort of knew, I guess, more about their individual games and more about the game, what seems more about the game, and they and they were more proactive in doing stuff in the game, I guess, or or the way they trained. Um, don't get me wrong, they, they still train pretty hard now, but it just seems sometimes you've got to give them a kick, you know, kick in the butt. To, to get him going every now and yeah. then, you know. So, would you th- would you say, generally speaking, it's it's like a lack of obsession in the game, or is it more of a work ethic thing generally? Oh, I think I think it's I think in times it's probably work ethic, and again, I think that's that's just not. Um, I'm not just talking about the group I coach, but you're talking I, 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 Yeah, I think in, I better better put that clear right away. But, um, yeah. Sounds like you're coaching a bunch of pricks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're actually good folks. They do all right. They do like me as well. Like, well, they did until they probably see this. But um, no, I think as I said, as you said before, I think it's society. I think you just look at you know younger people this day and age. I think it. It, it's it's harder for him to be oh, it's harder to be you know to be motivated and probably think for themselves I guess that's mm. the way I sort of see it so mm. but again that's only my opinion and after this I might not have a job so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a little bit yeah. of honesty no, nothing exactly. wrong with a little yeah, bit yeah well that's right yeah so that's right. exactly right so you said you grew up in Adelaide you're from <clears> Sydney originally <throat> were you born I was in born in Sydney yeah I was born in Sydney but moved over to Adelaide when I was quite young about three three and a half so. so- so where yeah. does your love of rugby league come from? I get asked this a lot, and I'm and, and I sit on the fence a lot, <laughs> um, and I, I, I still I, deep down rules are rules. I'm born in New South Wales, so I just cop so much in Queensland, living in Queensland for so long. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I still. I mean, New South Wales. I'm I'm born there, and you know, obviously, people say oh, you spend more time in Queensland. You're a Queensland. I'm an adopted Queenslander, no doubt, but. You know, I still, uh, I still follow. Like, the Blues are always still the, the, the number one team that I follow. Absolutely. And was it, is it uh, like a family thing? Obviously, not spending much time in New South Wales, but were, were your folks rugby league fans? Yeah, my dad was absolutely. My brother lives in Sydney now. He's lived in Sydney for thirty odd years. He, he moved back when he was quite young, so um, you know, I still got that that uh, link there as well. But um, yeah, dad grew up. He, he, well, he grew up playing a bit of rugby union, but um, yeah, we always used to go out to the local footy in Sydney. In well. That short time I was there, even when we went back to visit family and friends and that, we'd always go and watch a game or two. So, and I'm a massive fan of it now. So, um, I'll, you know, I've, I've followed it ever since I was, you know, old enough to understand it properly. So, I followed the, the mighty Rabbitohs. So, okay. um, passionate Rabbitohs supporter. So, you know, being in, being in Brisbane is a lot easier to follow. You know, when I left Adelaide, there wasn't a lot of rugby league around. Now it's everywhere. So, mm. it's a lot easier to follow. We were, um, as we were, you know, <coughs> Preparing, and I can guarantee you, we do a lot of rigorous preparation before we talk to anyone, Ryan. But we um, we were reminded of, um, I guess, you engaging directly in the rugby league world with rugby league media during the Ashes this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when um, when Buzz Rothfield, this sort of like the villain of rugby league journalism, mm. so to speak, uh, when he sort of was having a crack at, I think it was the dismissal, right? It was the stay in your crease situation with uh, with Bearstow. Yeah. And then you've happily, I'll just, I'll quote here. So Buzz is, <laughs> that's a shocking way to take a wicket. They should have called him back. And then you've come back and gone, you struggle with rugby league, best you leave cricket alone, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, far out. Jesus, didn't that go big? That was yeah. just a throwaway comment. Might have had a bottle of vino or two, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. The best tweets usually um, come after a bottle of vino. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and in the do. middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, I, was, I don't know. I'm not a huge Twitter, and I've stopped using it because the only time I really tweet would be <laughs> Would be about umpiring or when I'm pissed. So I just I'm giving it away. I still look at it, and then that night I hadn't sent a tweet for I don't know how long. So um, I just saw that, and I'm not a massive fan of the buzz. Let's be honest. When he yeah. whinges and carries on, and but um, no, no, no doubt that he's obviously a, a very well respected um, journalist, and I won't take that away from him. But um, yeah, I just, I just at the moment it just felt right to write it. And geez, I woke up and my wife tapped me on the shoulder and said, "What did you do last night?" <laughs> I said, "What are you talking about?" And she goes, "You." You've been on Twitter again, haven't you? And you're fucking pissed. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't pissed, but why? And I realised what I did and what I've, what I've written. 
and I just couldn't believe how you know, how much coverage he got, to be honest. So, um, but it was just yeah, throwaway comment, I guess. But um, he he, un- he unfollowed me or he, he blocked me, so I must have hit a nerve with him. It's so, funny how not, he does that. That. not that I ever looked at his tweets. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> there's but, a uh, there's a few rugby league personalities out there that don't mind a block. Yeah, oh, well, mm. that's all I'll say. Well, they like they're more mm. than happy to share their opinions. However, you know whether it be salacious, divisive, fucking life ruining, and then <laughs> yeah. as soon as you come back with any sort of feedback, well, they, they you must agree with them. Yeah, I know. To block is is it's pretty piss weak. We have we've also I won't name Danny Widler in by name, but he's blocked <laughs> us as well. So <laughs> no, we yeah, won't right. be, we oh, won't be naming he, Danny. If you cop an abuse, if they cop an abuse, fair enough. But that's exactly. a bit of banter. I mean, that's that's not a, if I, if that's abuse, then he's got a very uh, well. He's not he's not a strong man. So, but no, I, I'm, it wasn't a it wasn't by any means a, a jab. It was just more of a mate. Just yeah, well, I was shut up and just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't not a jab. It was, yeah, a, it was well, a little right. jab, but it was also, a good one. Also, yeah, also, Buzz, one. get around the nation, mate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, let's support yeah, the right. boys a little bit, don't you think? Yeah. I, I think that yeah, should be going without well. saying in the ashes. That might have been part of it as well. It? Just, you know, what happened happened, and there's an easy way to not that for that not to happen, and that's for a batsman to stay in your crease. Exactly right. And that doesn't happen. So, uh, and that's another another topic. But um, yeah, no, it was just I think going back and, and thinking about that it was just at the time I just thought no, no, I felt that was right. So anyway, I did it. Were you were you ever looking for um, like little opportunities to exploit the opposition like they did over there in England? Like they obviously noticed something with Bearstay <clears> continually <throat> leaving the crease early. Like would you would you and the boys look for similar things when you were over in England or your your time? You know, in Ashley's yeah. contest, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the whole that's the whole part of the the game, the the mental game, and 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 trying to outsmart um, your opposition. And I, I wouldn't say, and this is the way I would I would the take I have on it. And obviously, I wasn't over there, but you don't necessarily look for that to you know to do that all the time. That's just not. But the way that he was, and I actually noticed it two or three balls before it happened. He was taking the piss. You know, he's walking out his crease and. Been a little bit, I wouldn't say, well, maybe arrogance is the right word, but you know, just walk because you, you know, if, if you, you don't see it a lot, obviously. But so Paddy Cummins supposedly, I think he came out publicly and said, oh, I noticed he was leaving his crease early, and he he wasn't, you know. And the fact that Alex Carey got the ball through it straight away, if he had a wait of a second and then thrown it, then you say, nah, come on, that's that's not that's not right. But the yep. fact he did it all in one motion, mm-hmm. it's no different than if he's up to the stumps to a spinner and the batter leaves it and just walks out the crease, he's going to yep. take the bales off. So. You, 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 and that's the thing. So Paddy's obviously seen that, and a few, maybe a couple of other boys had seen that and said, "No, hang on, he's he's going way too early here." Um, you could say he's not trying to steal a run, but I guarantee if that if he was in his crease, he had he got back and the ball hit the stumps and it and it ricocheted off into the probably the onside where there's no fielders, they would have run. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. So because that's what you do because you're trying to be a smartass, you stop the, you stop them from being a smartass, and then you be a smartass and run. So, mm. but you're always looking for. For ways to outsmart your opposition, no doubt. And that's how you <clears throat> potentially that can that can be a game changer. And whether whether that was or not, but um, yeah, you're always looking for those little. Obviously, it's got to be within the rules and the spirit of the game, no yeah. doubt. But yeah. you know, the uproar that came from bloody hell from England after that, um, especially when that video surfaced of Johnny Bairstow doing it Seven exactly the way I just said it. Yeah, exactly the way, holding, 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 wait for him to walk out and take his bail off. That's just yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. a little bit of um, you know. Hypocrisy coming in there, especially from old Piers Morgan, who, who oh. still goes on about it now. He oh, needs no. to get another lot better off. Yeah, yeah. He did <laughs> did that? Did that response that. surprise you? Because it was pretty oh, the, over the top. Yeah, it absolutely did. And then on, on top of that, you know the 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 scenes the boys walking back through the Lord's Pavilion. Yes, that that probably was the more surprising thing. Um, you know, having been there and and walked through that room, it's it's such a a privilege to be in that room, and you, and you, you know, you do the tours, and you and, and you get the bit of the history of the of Lords when you're there, and, and and to be in that, it's it's quite a expensive thing to, to for one to, to be a member of that of that group of that MCC group, but mm-hmm. to have to be in that long room um, is is a huge privilege. So to, to see those scenes and and the, and the abuse that the players got was was just unbelievable. That that to me, um, I just couldn't imagine that. Uh, you know. Walking through and getting that because the, the thing is, as we saw in those in those pictures, um, you're literally walking through the crowd. They're right there, yes. so 
you know, they're literally less than an arm's length away. So if, they, if they're, saying, they're saying something, that's in your face. And that's obviously what we saw. So that, that to me was probably the biggest surprise. But, yeah, to see it linger and go on as long as it did, you know, it cost you know, the spirit of the game where cheats again and 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 it cost the game. That's 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 ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I was a little, I was definitely surprised how big it, it why it got, and, and also as well the the you know England, some of the England players jump on the back of it. Um, oh, you know, yeah. they wouldn't have done this. Stuart Broad, you know, oh, yeah. he's come out. I know he's backtracked since and probably said he went over the top a bit with Paddy Cummins and all that sort of stuff. But you know, ultimately you're there, you, you, you're in charge of your actions. We can sit, we can sit here and say the sandpaper stuff wasn't a big deal now because we passed it and we, we gone through it, but it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, seeing some of the players, I guess, react was a little bit disappointing as well. Punters and dribblers, as always, we are brought to you by the primo betting platform of this great nation of ours. And that's Ned's. Big fans of Neds. We love Neds. They uh, have been huge supporters of us, huge supporters of everything we do over here, and we love them. Now, Eddie, if you're a punter or a dribbler and you want to engage with the community on Neds, how are you doing it? It's very, very simple. Either you can follow Tom and I, it's even Tobler if you're a loser, you can follow our profiles in the Neds profile section, but I think a greater use of your time is to join the about even group under groups now the code to get in is dribbler if it's not dribbler it's dribblers forgive me there you can follow all our tips me shebos gurus burmos sometimes tobler but again who cares about him it's a great community environment where we tip winners we tip losers mostly learners losers but sometimes winners that's it shout out to neds now what's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, you voted with your, with your mouths, and Good Day has been popular with you all so far. Thank you very much to everyone who has uh, got around it, sampled it, tried it. But there's plenty more to go around, and we, we, we believe in this thing, the daily multivitamin, and we think you all should have a go. There's more gullets to be pounded. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at the gullets of this nation, not enough gullets... Full of good day. That's right. For mine. Well, listen, we see it. We we see we see gullets that need to be filled, and we are in the business of filling gullets. I'll say this, Ed. We've been on it for a while now, and it helps uh, with mental clarity. It helps with energy throughout the day. Uh, it helps with liver cleanliness and function. Which we, I health. know, I know. There's a shitload of you that need that. There's I a shitload of you out there. for a fact. You need a good scrub of the internals. Correct. I know that. For we sure. know it now. If you already got your own multivitamin that you're taking, don't bother changing. We're not asking you to change. But if you can you, if you want. You can, but you don't have to. But if you do nothing, if you do nothing for your health, then you've got to start somewhere. Now, if it's a run for you, that's great. But your nutritional health is something that we all fucking ignore. Good day is an opportunity for you to make smart decisions. The least you can do is a little good day. Use the code dribblers for 20% off, punters and dribblers. 20% off. It's our gift from us to you. BeGoodHealth.com.au. We were having a discussion the other – well, it might have been yesterday – just about our fast bowling, the the cartel we've currently got right now, the the, the big four. Obviously, Lyons just taken his 500th. Um, and then Stark. Is Stark top five all time? And then you've got Hazelwood and Cummins just, I think, maybe like four or five wickets outside of top ten status. Where where do you, as a, an esteemed uh, ornament to the game, where do you see uh, this this foursome right now? Like, where do they rank? How awesome are they? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're unbelievable. <laughs> they're unbelievable, aren't they? I, I, I guess, I mean, there's no doubt that they're going to be, if not, well, I think they're up there. My favourite was, and, I, and I've watched, I, do, I used to watch a lot of old stuff and obviously, you know, Lily Thompson, um, were, were, were fantastic, but you know my favourite were, were, were Dizzy. Um, I have to say that now because I'm working with him, so I've got to say Dizzy. But yeah. you know McGrath, um, Warren, and then who's the other one out of that? There's, there's the three out of that. Who was that? Brett Lee. Yeah, or Brett Lee. Yeah, sorry. So they, those three or four together. That to me, you know, through that period and era that they had there when when Ricky was captain, um, the, the amount of success they had, that that to me stands out. But uh, and the thing about it is. You, this group here, well, I'm being honest, I'm, obviously they've done a great job and they're doing a great job. 
But in six, seven years' time, probably when they finish and we look back, I think that's when we're going to realise just how good they were or they are. Yep. And I think that's sort of – to me, there's no doubt that I think they, they're definitely up alongside that that four I mentioned and even Andy Bickle, I'll throw him in there because he's a good mate of mine too, but he was around that time but and he couldn't get a game. So, um, yeah, look, I look at it and, and definitely think they're up around uh, – definitely going to be, I think, equal with – in, in my era and what I what I remember back as far as I can, they're going to be up there. There's no doubt. I think as you see, Lyon in the 500 club, Starks, as you said, he's 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 you know gaining at a rate of knots on these other guys. The other two are going to you know they've still got a bit of time left in them, so they're still going to take a lot of wickets. So you know these 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 four might be in our top you know six, maybe five, if not five, probably six, and you know by the time they finish. Mm. So well, I think if you look back at that, as I say, you know a couple of years down the track. You're going to have to turn around and say these are they're going to probably equal, if not be better than the, than the best we've ever had. Well, like on that, we were we were sort of discussing this yesterday as well. You know, people like Mitch Stark, who is not that far away from going past the great Dennis Lilly, he just doesn't feel like he gets the respect he deserves from the cricketing public or Australia generally. Yep. Do you think that is just a he's just a victim of you haven't retired yet, so therefore? people don't reflect properly until someone's retired or is it something else do you think yeah that's a really good question because oh, i did an interview not long ago only a couple of hours ago and and similar question not so much about stark but about this team i think this whole team mm. listen to some commentary over the last week um this whole team doesn't seem to be well liked from the australian public so you talk about starky um i, I don't know why that is because I, look maybe maybe does it stem from Comments from a few years ago, um, few years ago from Warney about how he thought he was a bit soft and about potentially you know, was he driven or you know maybe I don't know. Um, I know Starkey, you know he, he's a bloody hard worker. You know he he deserves every every accolade he's getting at the moment. But why is that? I don't know. I, I I've been a little bit frustrated and probably not angry, but with the chat over the last couple of days that I've heard that the, the some you know majority, um, as some commentators were saying that they just don't like to seem to like this Australian team. Um, you, you know, there's no there's no characters or there's no this or there's no that, you know. Well, I look at, okay, there's no um, Shane Warne. There's, you know, there's no good stories coming from after the after dark anymore, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, but you know, Andrew Simons. But these guys are, you know, Mitch Marsh is a character. Uzi Kawaja in his own way is a character. Travis Dave Head. Warner, Travis Head. You know, they've got, there's characters in this team. And the other part of that is, if you think back to those guys that I just, you know, Lee Gillespie, McGrath, Player access then was pretty good. You know, broadcasters pay a lot of money. They want content. They want to get. They want to get out to what to the public or what these players are and who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty good back then when I sort of was come when I was sort of came into it, and even when I towards the back end when I finished, there was a lot more content. You know, as I said, the broadcasters want to get more and more. I see it now, and, and what the players do for broadcasters now and and social media. Well, some of some of their own, but. They do so much more stuff to try and get that out there, to try and get themselves out there, or Cricket Australia are trying to get them out there. So I, I just find it hard to, you know, think sit here and think that uh, how people can't like these guys. Well, majority. the main thing about this as well is they're winning and, and people are having these thoughts. And that, yes. that worries me a bit because if you if, we're, if they're losing, this, this <laughs> they'd be the most hated team in the world. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> um, though, right? Like I sort of wonder whether the perception – that they're that they're disliked is almost driven by, you know, there's been a bit of like uh, generational friction between, not so much your era, but like the your mm. punt, your Ricky Langer, yeah. Hayden, like that era, and now there's that friction there. But like, whether that's more driving that conversation around them, I can only speak for myself here. But like, I have, I love them. They're like, especially yeah. like. I feel like we, in Australia, like if you're winning, I don't really give a fuck what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> like correct, that, that yeah. was sort and of the way it was with like Warney and shit. It was like, oh, Shane's yeah. up to no good. It's like, but he's just taking seven for us, so play on. Yeah, let him do what he wants. Exactly yeah. right. And then that's the funny thing. I mean, we, we've had we've had some big dramas. You know, that, as I said, the South Africa stuff didn't wasn't great for the, but they've they've worked really hard mm. um, to get back to. Because ultimately, when you're in that team, you, you're out there to put on a show for the fans, for the, for the public. You know, obviously, you know, you've you, that's what you're trying to do, and you're trying to win for Australia. Because as we say, we don't like losing, and you know, we we hate losing. Um, we don't 
do anything outside the rules. Like in South Africa, that was a you know, it was a horrible thing that we don't do that sort of stuff, but we we win games, and that's that's the mantra of the Australian cricket team. So, you know, if we're doing that, then and we're doing it well, and we're and we're doing it in an entertaining way, which I think we still are with the way David Warner comes out with his back against the wall again and does what he does. We're we're doing that to to to, to please the fans, but they just seem to. I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the Justin Langer factor as well that, that the way that was handled and it was all on the players. I don't know. I just don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is that that what these guys have to do to be to be you know spoken about in a better way and and, and I guess well more well liked. Yeah, it's, it is interesting because especially <clears throat> for a year like the year we've had. <clears throat> As yeah, a, one day World Cup, Test Championship, like Ashes retention, Ashes retention. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what else we need specifically, but I mean, there it yeah. is. Well, um, I've got to ask, what did you? How do you think your old mate Mitch Johnson was feeling when <laughs> Warner got 164? Yeah, he, he was. I've, I've been in touch with him quite a bit, actually. I'll put that out there. But um, no, he, <laughs> he, look, he, he was pleased. He's obviously pleased. He he he, he wants. The team to do well, so. But does he want Warner to do well? Yeah, <laughs> no. He said he was happy for him. He said he was happy for him. But, okay. Uh, look, I Take think there's that. Yeah, yeah, no. There's, there's, um, you know that that whole thing. I think he had some really good points in that, um, in that, in that sort of article he did. Um, he, he probably got personal, and there's a reason behind that, which I obviously won't go into. But <laughs> you know, there's there's history there, and there's there's, there's some things going on behind the scenes. So. Um, but he, you know, talking to him, he stands by his comments. Maybe he might have been, he might have done it and, and said it differently. You know, with, with reference to the sandpaper stuff and maybe the personal stuff. But mm. that's Mitch. He wears his heart in his sleeve, and he, at the time, um, you know, he, when he does something like that, it's not, it's not spur of the moment. He thinks a lot about what he does. So mm. you know, he's he's thought a lot about that, and he felt as though he needed to get it out. Um, you know, and again, a lot of the points are valid. I've, I've, as I said, I speak to him quite a bit. I've told him I, I didn't necessarily agree with. It some of the stuff that was in it and that's okay. But then it said, that's entirely his opinion on, on what he, what he feels and, and what he sees. So, and that's what he's, you know, his job is to do, I guess, in that, in that column that he does over in, over in the West. So, um, but I can go here. Yeah, a lot of people have sort of made comment about that exact thing. Like he, he still wants this team to be good to, to, to win. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, but um, I guess the details of it, um, you know, no one, no one will probably ever know except him and, and David. So, Ultimately, we, you know, we, I'd, I've said to him, I'd love for you to one day to, you know, go and sit with, you know, seek him out and, and go and sit with him and just talk it over, you know, whatever the, the, the beef is. So, uh, and I think Justin Langer made that point as well in an article that he wrote. So, you know, ultimately, we, you know, when we play together, we're, we're so close. Um, you know, not everyone's close outside of the, the boundary and everyone, you know, hangs out a lot. But, I mean, that group, when, when David was there, Mitch was there and the group I played with, we were very close. We had some great success. We had some couple of bad losses as well but um you know we had such a great group of players and staff that you know that looking back on it that time of life was so special so yeah. you know even hearing all that and seeing and that it's not it's not ideal I, I don't like conflict and I don't like you know you know seeing guys that had such a great time I guess have a beef with each other so let's hope hope down the track that they can you know sort it out one day be nice you um you say so. You talk to Mitch a bit, and um, I'm just wondering, as a friend, and maybe not, but I'm just I'm, I'm interested as a friend whether you've had a quiet word to him about his new hairstyle. The time. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was over there two weeks ago, and I was literally catching up with him for dinner um, one night, and I haven't told him this, so he's probably gonna. <laughs> um, and someone said to me, I reckon two hours before, I said, "What's what's with Mitch's man bun?" I said, "What." Man bun. Anyway, what I saw him I was like, "Shit, he's got a man bun." <laughs> <laughs> that, that took, it's so I haven't had the balls to say it yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I've just told him now. He's probably going to listen. Yeah, yeah. This is fine. This. It's way better to do it through like <laughs> three degrees better. of separation. Yeah, it, That's a perfect. Definitely, way definitely took me by surprise. Don't worry about that. So. Yeah, I think it's taken the nation by surprise. <laughs> to be honest. No, it was, it was uh, to keep to keep on theme, Mitch Johnson. We we were hanging out with uh, the great Brad Haddon the other day, doing some work with him. Mm. And he was just talking about how in that Ashes series, 5-0, obviously the sweep, we all remember it. Um, he was saying that it was like one of the first times he'd actually seen grown men like terrified for their lives. How do you reflect on that time? Was it was it just like a was it just a beautiful thing to be around watching oh, was, grown was, Englishmen literally like shit their pants? 
Yeah, it was it was fucking awesome. Honestly, <laughs> it was just so we knew it. I mean, the, the pace that he was bowling was, and you know, I, I'd seen, well, I'd sort of played a game or against Brett Lee and a game with him, and and you know that what he used to do was just raw pace, and that was quick. But this this series with Mitch, I don't know what it was. Something just clicked. You know, he was fit. I think he he come back from injury a few months before and got himself so fit and strong and. You know the way he even well we, we we went over it was it was a different year because we had an Ashes in, in England in 2013 and then we virtually came straight back to um to play oh, here oh, and we, they and we lost three one that's right yeah they, there was something it was a World Cup something or Olymp whatever it was one of the Olympics or something whatever it was but <laughs> mm. we just lost three one over in England I think it was three one and we sh- we probably shouldn't have that sounds silly we were so close but we were so far as well so yep. but he didn't play that but he went over for the one day series after that and. That point there is where he, he planted the seed beautifully because he was even in that series he bowled absolute rockets and Peterson I think Ian Bell um, the, uh, I think Cook a lot of those the, the, the test batters were playing in that in that series so he just planted the seed beautifully so you know literally within six weeks or whatever it was or maybe even less they, we came back and we I remember I remember Michael we we got back to we had a camp in Brisbane about four or five days out from that first test at Allen Border Field in Brisbane and and Michael pulled myself Mitch Sids um, I think James Pattinson might have been the fourth quick brought him over put us over and said right you blokes are going to win this series for us um, Mitch I just want you to bowl so fucking fast and then hopefully you get him on target and if you're not in your leak and runs, then we're only going to use you in short, short spells and then it's going to be up to you, Rhino and Sids or Pado. You're the ones that are going to come on and just build the pressure and do that and, and you know, don't let him get us, you know, don't let him get away sort of thing. So he, he came on. Uh, it, so fast forward, it, going into net sessions, going into the test match, none of the batters, they saw what he was doing. And and on the Gabba practice wickets, which are a night, they're like the centre, they bounce a lot. No one was getting in behind him and facing him. He was he was rapid in that. So we just look, you know, even Sids and I bowling the net, bowling with him, we're like, fuck, he's on here. He's on. It's quick. Um, yeah, then going into that into that test, um, you know, the way Trot played, the way Peterson played, um, he, he just had this unbelievable raw pace. Um, and then getting on through the series, you could just see it. They, they were dropping like flies. Unfortunately, um, Trotty went home with mental health stuff, um, which is not nice to see, but... There would have been a little bit of fear. It had to be a little bit of fear in that as well. There's no doubt. Yeah. But but um, yeah, getting through the series and just seeing what he was doing, it was it was you know it was just unbelievable. Um, and then going on from that, a few years down the track, I, I did a couple of things with, with Ian Bell actually, who it did like a I don't know, something around the Ashes series. And and in the time that they were setting up, I was sort of talking to him a bit. I said, mate, you know what? And there was a little bit of talk from from players that had been through that series in books or whatever, that it was quick. And I sort of said to Bell, I said, mate, was it that quick? He goes, mate, like you just said, Dan, our boys were absolutely shitting themselves. They've never, <laughs> I've never seen a group of batters, professional cricketers, um, be so scared and, and fear for getting hurt. Um, but, yeah, it was from this, you know, being on, I was sort of mid-off a lot of the time and it was it was, it was was just unbelievable. And, and, you know, no better team to do it to than England. Um, Absolutely. But, um, you know, he re- definitely ripped through him. And, and, again, as we saw, we unfortunately, or fortunately, that after that series, he scared a few too many off and a few of them left the team for good. So <laughs> uh, he did his job. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's what he, he, yeah, he, it was just proper raw pace. It was just unbelievable. Love that. What mm. does it do for you having, like, your other bowler, like, just terrifying him? Does that, like, change the way you have to play or does it make it easier for you? Uh, easy is probably, probably not the right word. It definitely helps because I know they're going to try and they're, they're trying to smash the shit out of me. Yeah, right. So if I if I know that I'm doing my job and and hitting my lengths and, and and moving the ball around whatever I do, I know I'm going to be hard to hit as well. I'm just not, not doing it 150k an hour. But um, and and there's no doubt. I I think I got 20 odd wickets. I think whatever it was. But that definitely helped. There's no doubt that Sid's and I definitely benefited from from Mitch doing what he did. Um, but that was the thing. Well, I think we did so well in that series. We just we, we Sid and I, without pumping up my ties, but we 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 complemented each other so well there because we did exactly what Michael asked. We didn't give, we we you know we didn't have too many bad overs here and there because um, it didn't allow them to get away, which also built the pressure. And then by doing that and not scoring runs, you know Mitch could go off and have his break and then come back again, and there was no real damage done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so Mitch could come on and, and do what he did and, and and get even more wickets. So it definitely helps when when when, you, when you've got a bloke who bowls that fast. Um, you know, it probably puts a bit more emphasis on what you're trying to do to make sure that you do, you know, stick to the plan um, and, and not let your mind wander and and not worry about if you're not getting wickets and try and chase wickets, which, again, we, we spoke a lot about. It didn't really happen. But um, oh, no doubt it was it definitely benefited me. Obviously put, put a few more, um, you know, numbers in my wickets column without doubt. How often do you watch the Divine Seed, the greatest? Ball of the century. Ball, the ball, ball of the century. century. Second innings, yeah. work out, first ball, yeah. cool. See you, bro. Yeah. Um, every year it comes up on my birthday, I'll, I, and, I, and I thank people every year that comes up because it, it is nice to watch every now and then. But I, I must admit, I, I, I don't watch it. I don't bring it up very often. Every now and then, my, my little boy who's eight, um, he's just starting to get into cricket. He's starting to watch a few more highlights than me, and that comes up. But um, – you know, it's um, oh look, it's one of those things. I guess it's you know that that period around. I mean, that ball just was, it was the second innings, as you said, of the of the, of the third test. We're two 0 up. You know that, and Alistair Cook. Who we also back going back to when Michael sat us down. We wanted to target him because he's such a good player. In two thousand and ten, we couldn't get him out. He scored squilling runs. We knew how good a player he was. We knew if we were getting into him and getting him out early, that that's that was a big hole in their in their in their team. So. Um, you know, to come out and I had some, I had a really good battle with Alistair. I got him out a few times. He got me a few times. But to be able to do that, as I said, the, the quick story on that is we, we, we're coming in obviously to that, that day. Um, and it, it was it, it, a lot of the guys, we have a team room um, in a hotel and a lot of the guys get down there just before they go, get on the bus or walk down the ground to get tapes, taping or, and that's normally probably, you know, so if you have to be on the field at say ten o'clock, they're normally around there, down there about eight o'clock, um, getting whatever they need to, having a coffee, having a chat. This particular day, um, oh, I couldn't sleep. I had it was the only real time I was bloody nervous about going into a day's play because knowing what we're about to do or hopefully about to do, and and I, I I reckon I had about an hour and a half sleep, and then that I got up. It was about probably five o'clock, five thirty, and I thought I'm just going to get out of my room. I'm, I'm, I'm up. I'm ready to go. I walked down the walked down the route, um, to the team room. There was about eight blokes down there. <laughs> they were the same. That they were so nervous about the day really? and about what we were trying. Yeah, it was it was just amazing how how the nerves around that, um, you know, potentially you know going three nil up but winning an Ashes series, which yes, oh, definitely yeah. for me. But a, a lot of these guys that hadn't done it had played. You know, a couple of blokes had played in a series or two and and hadn't, hadn't won. Now, that's a dream come true. You sit there as a kid, you know, these Ashes series and how good they are and how how big they are. So, you know, we you know, we all um we all sat and had a couple of coffees to keep us going and and yeah, got down the ground and, and then obviously going back to that, you know, to be able to to, to rip out a ball like that was um no, it was, was was pretty good. I, I, one thing I, I don't tell a lot of, but but that I was quite sore going into that innings. And, and my second innings overs were Michael actually took the the new ball off me and gave it to Mitch, because um, because I was so stiff and sore at times, the, my first couple of balls were so bad, like they were they'd be floaty or you, you know normally my first over would go for eight or ten, um, <laughs> but I made sure I might have had a couple of old tarons this, this morning. But I, I remember running into bowl thinking, oh stop stop, and I didn't stop and managed to do that. And I don't know how I did that, but um, yeah. So no, they, they were great times. I mean, so I, I get revisited with that with with every year on my birthday. So. Um, yeah, keep doing it, people. It's yeah, it's always beautiful. Good to see. No, it's actually. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like the it's, ultimate Jaffa. It's been known to cure erectile yeah. dysfunction in Australia. Man. That's <laughs> no, it's sure. used. It's used without a doubt. Yeah. You're um. You're talking about your injuries again. We were uh, we were talking to a friend of the show, Brad Haddon, the other day. Mm. Even well, like he was basically saying that when I want to get to obviously you, I don't want to jump, jump straight to your bloody retirement, but it was just off the back yeah. of you uh, being injured. He yeah. had sort of said to us that you'd been bowling. And you're like, geez, my knee's sore. Geez, my knee's sore. Just kept going though, like finished the day. And then you went for scans and they were like, your knee was like completely broken the whole way through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, um, oh, that was, a, I mean, I remember that was all yesterday. It's, it's eight years ago now. But um, yeah, I had, um, I, I missed this, I missed this, I missed the tour of the West Indies because we had, um, we're having our my first child, we had Carter. And um, so I didn't go there. So I sat back, I stayed back in Brisbane, trained. Got myself in the best shape I've ever been, ready for this Ashes series, ready to go over and finally win an Ashes in England. And um, um, got over there, had a few a few bowls, um, and then we had this practice game. And uh, I think it was a four it was a four day game at Kent, I think it was. And um, 
I probably bowled, I can't remember his first, I think it must have been second innings. And I reckon I'd probably bowl 13 or 14 overs and I just bowled the biggest pile of shit ever. <laughs> and I'm trying to bowl for a spot in the first test. And I'm and this is again, I, I never really worried about being picked or not picked. Because I was always, if I bowl well enough, I'm going to be picked. And if I'm not, then the other blokes bowl better. So I've never really, but this time I had this little, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to be in that first test. Mm. And um I, I bowled, yeah, 13, 14 overs, absolute pile of shit. And then in my 15th over, I was running to bowl and I felt a little click on my knee. And and I knew my knee pretty well. I knew, you know, where it hurt, it was okay. Obviously, if it was damaged badly enough, I knew that as well. But it was sort of in the front front left of me of my knee and, and it was just getting sore and sore. But I managed to bowl a few. I think I bowled another two overs. Then I went off just to check with the physio and he did all the checks, you know, twisted it and... And it, with twisting and all that and all the stuff he did, it didn't didn't bring up any pain. So I'm like, he goes, no, you're right. You're good. Keep going. Keep going. So got back out there and I took a Voltara and whatever it was and it was, it was still a little bit sore every now and then. But anyway, I got another opportunity to bowl and I bowled, I think, five of the best overs I bowled. And I was like, fuck, this is good. I'm back. I'm back in the test group, the test team. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Mm. But I finished the game and I could barely walk. And I'm like, fuck, this is not good. So... Um, gave it, I think we had another another game in three, four, four days it was. So gave it a day, wasn't wasn't getting better. And then they said, We've got to send you to London. Um, get on the train, go stay night in London, get some scans, um, and then we'll see how it goes. Came back, um, had to I wanted to play that second game, so I had to go down in the morning of the game to try and bowl to prove I was fit. I just couldn't do it, I couldn't run in. So knew something wasn't quite right. Uh, the day started, as the day went on, I kept going, I bugged the physio every 10 minutes. So, mate, have you got the scans? Have you got the scans? And he just, at the end of the day, he said, mate, just fuck off. I'll come and see you when I get the scans. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, two hours later, he came and grabbed me, yeah, showed me the x-ray, and I just cracked the top of my tibia. I'd sort of cracked down the, well, not down the middle of it, but, um, yeah, just had this big crack in it. So basically what had happened with no cartilage, my, my knee was just pounding and, and, and forming a like a, a little hole, like almost like a brittle um, bone was real brittle and little hole, and then from that it's just cracked from there. Right. So um, yeah, so I, I basically bowled five or six overs with the with the broken leg, but they were rippers, <laughs> and they were probably the last <laughs> they were the last overs I bowled, I think. So um, yeah, that was like they just sort of said, hey, they were like, this is not something you can yeah. recover from or come back from. Yeah, that's it. Thing, or? No, no, it was it was basically the damage had been done to my knee. So I had a great surgeon in Melbourne um, who had done everything possible. He, he'd taken stuff out of my knee. He'd put stuff in it. Uh, he, he cleaned it out when he needed to. Um, so he he was great. All he, he was all about getting me back on the park because he knew I was coming to probably an end. He, he you know he probably thought to be honest. He said he didn't say this until I was in Melbourne after I was getting it fixed from that episode. That mm. he, he expected that what happened um, to happen probably two or three years before. So he, oh, he said, wow. you've done really well um, getting through to this. But when he, uh, when the physio had sent through the scans to him, um, he looked at him. I got on the phone to him. I said, David, what do you think, mate? He said, mate, I, I reckon you've had a good run. This is it. Like, I, this, this is the time. This is, you know, I can, I can fix it. He said, he's going to fix it. I'll fix it for you. But the, 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 um, what you've done basically because of the hole and because of the brittleness and no cartilage, you're just going to keep cracking it and going through it. So uh, I got back to Melbourne, eventually had, had to take some bone out of my hip, compact it into the bone and, and fix it up. So, um, yeah, that was it. That was my last overs. So yeah. um, was that not, yeah. Was that hard <clears throat> to come to terms with? Obviously you were saying you'd, you wanted to go to England, you wanted to win over there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, you'd found a little bit of form in those five overs. Was that was it hard news to... To get obviously it was, but was there part of you that deep down knew that maybe your body just wasn't quite right? Yeah, that that was it. Now, deep down, I, I was waiting for this to happen. Yep. Um, but in saying that, I was, as I said before, I, I'd got to the best condition of my of my career. Like I was at a good good weight. Um, you know, I was strong. I'd worked so hard on my on my, on my glutes uh, and my quads to get them strong to protect the area. Um, and I guess for me, yes, I sort of. Deep down, I was accepting of it, probably not straight away, but but I guess um, you know at the forefront of my mind, it was like, well, how can that happen now when I'm you know the best of I've, I've trained so hard to protect it, yeah. I'm so fit, you know, why couldn't it have happened you know yeah two years ago? Mm. Um, so at the time, it was 
it, yeah, I put a probably a bit of a front on. I was, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is good. I've, I've played 27 tests. I've, I've done way more and exceeded way more, you know, expectations on test cricket than I ever thought I would. Um, but in saying that, in the back of my mind, I was like, fuck, 27 is good. What about, you know, 20 more would have been, you know, just amazing. So, well, it, it took me a while to, 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 to process it, but I was sort of putting on a bit of a front, I guess. And I, you know, the moment, um, I don't know if had said it, but, Chris Rogers tells a story. He, he still he still tells me I'm I'm not retired because I tried to give the speech that you know to the players, and I, I just lost it. <laughs> I couldn't get my words out. I was like a bubbling baby. So you know, because I loved I just loved that team. I loved being in that in that in that uh, in that team around that around that time, and it was just a, a, a great time uh, of my life and and our lives. So. Yeah. Um, that was a mess, but I, yeah, that was it. So I managed to stay on for the first two tests, I think, just to be with the boys. But then, yeah, left there, and again, leaving there was knowing I wasn't going to come back. That was that was bloody hard. I bet um, you were you were, <clears throat> I mean, late bloomer, not the right word necessarily. But you debuted after you were thirty. Is that correct? Yeah, for, yeah, for no, late, late bloomer is probably the right word. What do you put <laughs> that bloomer. down to, right? Because it's funny. I mean, oh, and I'm now. I mean, yeah. you give hope to anyone over thirty, not necessarily to someone like myself who's thirty four, but. But there is hope. There is still you never hope. say never. No, you never say never. <laughs> yeah. But you're you obviously know. not the system. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> yeah, that's who you are. True. But <laughs> I can't play very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like and you know, you saw someone like Mike Hussey who debuted at thirty or later, but then you know went on to like have a great career. What did you put it down to? What clicked for you? What changed that meant that you sort of you yeah. Know, People will probably listen to this and probably sick of this story, but I was a I was a loose bit of a loose cannon as a young bloke. Um, I didn't mind going out and having a beer and. Um, you know, chasing the skirt, I guess, is probably the, the best way to put it. Um, so I didn't really look after myself probably in my me, in me early 20s, um, or late teens, early 20s. Um, you know, and I was contracted for South Australia for about, well, from about, what was I, 19, maybe 20. Um, you know, I was there for about seven years and I, I didn't play many games at all. It was only in the last two and a half years that I started playing a few games before I sort of left. But... Mm. Yeah, so look, I wasn't looking after myself. You know, I, I at one stage lost my contract. Um, I think about two years, three years before I left. But then, thank well, thankfully for me, unfortunately, someone didn't take a contract, didn't uh, agree to one, so I got that one back. So I sort of saw that as a second chance um, that I needed, and well, that you know, I, I didn't have much else. I didn't. I finished school, but wasn't going to uni. Um, I was working, I think, for a mate delivering gas around that time. So I wasn't, you know, doing a huge career um, things. But um, so I guess I saw that as a second chance to, to write. I'm, I want to be a um, professional cricket. The coach at the time, Wayne Phillips, who we had a bit of a love-hate relationship at that time. I'm, we, we've been great mates ever since. But, you know, he sat me down and said, mate, you're so lucky you got this second chance. Not many people get it and um, you need to – this is it. It's only one year, so you've only got one year to, to, to impress. Um, get yourself sorted out and, and you know, get yourself training. And I did. I got myself training, got myself fit, and then it sort of went up from there. And then I, I probably had, um, you know, two and a half. Well, I, was, you know, I injured a knee again, actually, in my left knee you know, at the start of the this one of the seasons. So I had two and a half really good years of South Australia. And then um, oh, some contractual things didn't quite work, and that's why I went to Brisbane. But, um, yeah, I just started bowling well. So... Um, I wish I had worked it out earlier. Um, whether I would have played for Australia, probably not, because I think you know um, Lee and all those guys were still around. But mm. um, I just all and the other part of moving to Queensland as well is I, I wanted the my, my dream at that point in time was to, to to win a Sheffield Shield. It was not necessarily huge plans to play for Australia. Uh, although you know when I left Adelaide, it was sort of being spoken about. I was around the mark, but um, I just wanted to. For me, a dream sitting watching the Sheffield Shield on TV, when, you know, watching as a young kid South Australia win it, which is the last time they won it in 96, 95, 96. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to win a Sheffield Shield. So moving to Brisbane was probably more that motivation than, you know, I'm going there to play for Australia because I would have played. I think I would have played for Australia if I stayed here. Um, yeah. But it all happened late and that's the thing. So I, I wish I had worked it out earlier, but um, I still, as I said, I still managed to play 27 tests, 19 one days, a couple of T20s. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proud to, to not sit here and say I've done that. So, mm. and you got a baggy grain, which and yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, yeah. Do, do, and I, and I, it, yeah, ages. Sorry, question. Okay. I was going to say, do you put it on every now and then? Just walk around the house? Nah, <laughs> I don't put it on. No, um, I have it sitting in a, in my wardrobe, and I, I must admit, I have it in view of every day when I when I get ready for work or whatever I do. I still I still 
look at it. I've you know mates come over and family come over sometimes that they want to see it. Never never put it on. They're allowed to put it on, but um, they want to touch it and see it. But um, yeah, it's still in it's still in view. Don't worry about that. So. Good. Yeah, love that. No, you got to have it in view, baby. Well, to yeah, be honest, right. I'd be I'd be flexing around the house. I'm so, I'm shocked you don't. <laughs> You'd be wearing it on the job. Well, you walk around. Yeah, yeah. Starkers. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How old were you when you fe- when you lost that uh, that South Australia contract? Uh, I would have been probably about 23, I think, roughly. Okay, right. What was that like? 23. Like oh, see, was what obviously. was that? What was that like meeting? I guess you have where they're like, "Did you think dream over? I'm fucked." Yeah, basically, yeah. But and then all of a sudden, I think straight back to fuck. Why didn't I train harder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, wh- wh- why didn't I? Why didn't I say no to a couple of mates on a Friday or Saturday night? You know, just straight away, it's like fuck you, an idiot. You've, you know, and, and in those situations, I mean, I've witnessed that over the last couple of years. When you lose a contract or lose something like that, you always like you always blame someone. It's the coaching staff, or it's this or it's that. Where. Yeah. Um, I was straight away. I knew I was like, you've, "You're an idiot. You've you had this opportunity, and you've you've absolutely fucked it up." And then, but in the space of three days, I got it back. So you didn't have <laughs> so too much time to wallow. I didn't have too much know. time to, to what? Yeah, to worry about it. But straight away, it was fuck. This is it. This I can't. Well, first of all, I couldn't believe I got it back. But this is it. And and to, to be on to be honest, it, it was exactly that. And what you know, for all of a sudden, I probably showed a bit of maturity, <laughs> which I hadn't shown. And. And realise what 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 was given back to me, um, and yeah, and, and way we went. So um, yeah, I mean, I remember the vaguely remember it. It was just you know that conversation where you called in. You know, it's that time of year, and you know this time where you know this unfortunately we're not we're not going to offer you a contract this year, and you can go back to club cricket and you know try and earn one back and dominate. And I was like, fuck, that's all right. Club cricket doesn't pay anything. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for a living. So that was yeah, it. Was a nice period, but again. Um, you know, I, as I said, I, in the in space of a few days, I thankfully got it back, and and away we went from there. You were um, saying how you didn't, you weren't expecting to play for Australia. At a certain point, you were like, um, you know, the, because of the bowlers that were in the team. Mm. Um, obviously, one of the things that you want in your national side is like settled. Everyone's there. There's not really much like who's going to be in, who's going to be out, which is, I guess, largely where we're at now. Um, specifically with our bowling cartel, yep. is that like if you've got like if you're a young bowler in Australia now, like your Lance Morris or someone who they sort of speak about, outside of the resting policy, they're sort of like you've got no shot of getting in the side. Is that what's that like? Is that disheartening? Is it hard to stay motivated in a situation like that? Uh, I don't think for me it was it wasn't like that because I just I saw the guys that. You know, around the time that I could have played early early twenties or mid twenties, early twenties, mm. as I said, was McGrath, Gillespie, Lee, Bickle, Kasperwitz. Um, you know, a, a decent lot. So I, I never really worried about who I was going to replace me like that. It was just more about trying to play consistent cricket. Yep. Um, and then even when I got to the point, you know, Siddle was in there, Johnson was in there, Pattinson was in there, um, Stark was sort of coming through. Um, you know, ben Hilfenhouse was there. Doug Bollinger was there. Yeah, so yeah. they had a pretty good established lineup as it was. So for me, it was never that. As I said before, I, I never really thought too much ahead um, about who am I going to replace or I've got to be in that team or I need to be, I should be in that team. It's more about if I'm just taking wickets and I'm doing the right thing, then I'm going to get picked. That was sort of what it was. So, um, and then I managed to get in. You know, and at that point in time, it was it was we probably had that rotation stuff. We had enough. You know, I was one of those guys that you could probably rest Hilfen House and I'd come in, or you'd rest Bollinger and Mitch might, or or rest Mitch and Bollinger would come in, and whatever it was. So it was never really an issue around that for me. But I mean, that was that that was the rotation thing. That's where it's all come from from that you know rest rotation and. Um, Sometimes it was taken out of our hands. You know, I remember playing a test match in the West Indies um, after we had a tough first test and it was a three-day break. And, you know, it was a, it took a lot out of us, but um, I got told I was resting because my numbers and GPS numbers or whatever it was were quite high. I'm resting in the second test. And I said, no, I'm not resting because ultimately the old story goes, if you rest and you give your spot up and someone goes well, then you're not going to get it back. So yeah. that was always my mentality. And if I was, if I was fit and I could – I knew I could put 100%, you know, 100% in for the team um, that I, I need to – and I'm bowling well enough and I need to play. So 
the, the, the situation as is now, it's just it's a hard thing for someone like Lance, for someone like Scott Boland. Um, obviously, Bol is a bit he's a bit um, bit older, but Lance is probably just going to have to bide his time. Unfortunately, um, yeah. I, I know that I know that um, they're they're chomping at the bit to play him because and I've seen him a bit this year, Lance Morrison. He's just such a good bowler. You know, he's only, what's he, 26. He's got the beautiful action. He bowls absolute good pace. Mm. Um, so the temptation's obviously going to be there. But, you, you, like, with what the guys are doing now, uh, you can't, unless there's an, a, a real issue of, you know, they need to rest someone, which I don't think that's going to happen, when it, you know, when it comes to this group. Um <clears throat> There's not going to be a huge change you know, until one of them actually, you know, goes down or, or actually finishes. So it's just one of those things again where you just have to bide your time and 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 <clears throat> you know not get frustrated by that. You got to wait and and, and actually, you know and I guess respect um, what those guys and and learn learn off those guys and what they're doing and how well they do it. Is there a um, is there a point you reach as a bowler where you can basically say like I'm not getting rotated? Like would these four, would these four guys or three, would they be able yeah. to? Are they sort of at a point now where they're like, nah? I mean, I guess like even last summer they got rotated, didn't they, for bowling? Yeah, they but did. yeah, like, yeah. is there? Is, do you, can you reach that point? Do you think, or is it? Yeah, well, I, I think so. I mean, knowing these guys and and knowing knowing Starkey, Starkey got rested for a Boxing Day test. Yeah, um, dude. Like, come yeah. on. Seriously. And he hated that. And I, I think I'm trying to think if I played. That I can't remember if I, I was around then, so I, I might have played for him actually. But <laughs> I think, um, don't quote me on that. But uh, you know, the giving up your spot now is just not what these guys. And and the, the the thing I love about it is, obviously, one day cricket's important. T Twenty, yeah, it's important. Um, international stuff. But I know these three love Test cricket, and it wouldn't surprise me if they give up, you know, an international format, whether it be T Twenty or Internet or one day is to to play. You know, to play longer in, in the Red Bull game because I know they love it. So I think the only way that they probably would rest, I don't think we'll see it this summer, would be, you know, a five-test series, for instance, um, and, and you know, someone like a Stark might bowl 40-odd overs, you know, or, or, or any of the bowlers would bowl 40-odd overs and then there's a three-day turnaround or 45 overs in the game, mm. something like that, which doesn't happen very often with a quick um, or even more. Sometimes it does, but depending on the wickets you get. So... In a five, so next, for instance, next year, I think it's India in five tests, and I think it's England after after that the next summer. So in situations like that, that's when you probably looked likely to get rested. But I know these guys would be fighting, you know, tooth and nail to not not miss out on a on a test match. I know that for a fact. As uh, as of time of recording, we're sort of uh, we're, we're midway through a Pakistan series, and it it already looks over after one test, putting them to the sword. We got the West Indies next. I expect the same treatment. Like outside of India and England, Test cricket is pretty weak at the moment. Yeah. Do, you, do you do you fear for the Red Bull game sort of moving forward, given the rise of T Twenty and franchises and in, in India's sort of global control of that format? Well, I'm concerned about the global control. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, the franchise stuff is. I think is a danger. There's no doubt um, that the the IPL, which is such a great tournament, don't get me wrong, that, you know, they have a window for that now. The concerning part is there's, there's talk, and there has been now for a number of years, but I read an article the other day that looks like next year could be the the year for the second window for the IPL, which to me I don't agree with. But So they'll do two a, comps. Su- supposedly they're going to do two, two comps. So they'll do one in May or is it May, April, May, and then they might do one in – September, October, for instance, okay. which which I think I don't and money quite I'm don't quote me on those on those times, but that that's going to be a concern because we see now that the amount of cricket that's jammed in because the, you know, those big blocks have been taken by it's it's really only the IPL that takes time out of the cricket calendar. Um, you know we don't block off a, a period here for Big Bash, you know, because we still play Test cricket in our summer, so um, that concerns me. I, um, I think the red ball. I've been hearing a long time that it's dying. I've been hearing the white ball, the fifty over stuff's dying. Um, I, I don't see that. But in saying as you say, there, just thinking about it right then, is I don't see it because we have such good series against India and and England. Yeah, we don't play. Yeah, we don't. You know, South Africa have dropped off. Although I think they're coming back. I think the strength of South African cricket's growing again. 
Um, New Zealand cricketer, it seemed to be around the mark. But you're right. It's 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 um, just thinking about it right there on the spot. It, it it you know we don't really have good comp good, you know good competition against any other really any other. Um, well, I, I guess we say that at home. It's really easy to. We're a lot better at home than we are away, for sure. Um, but but I, yeah, I, I hate to think that it is dying, and I've been saying that for a while. But the, what is concerning is yeah, is, is Sri Lankan cricket. They're in big trouble. Um, you know, they've they've just gone through another sacking of their board because of oh, various things, and they you know they didn't have a certain number of representatives outside the government. So that's political. Mm. Um, you know, as you said, Pakistan. Well, I thought Pakistan would be a lot stronger than what they showed the other day. I think their batting unit's really good and their bowling unit as well is pretty well rounded. But um, you know, we saw that uh, the West Indi- <coughs> excuse me, the West Indies. Well, we all we know that their their focus at the moment and has been for a long time, unfortunately, is on white ball stuff because their earning capacity, yeah. you know, locally is nowhere near what it. Well, it's it, it, to be honest with you. <coughs> And I don't know the exact numbers, um, but our state cricketers will probably get more. You know, top top state cricketers will probably get paid more than West Indies at home. So yeah. they need to go off and find, you know, what um, IPLs and and CPLs and PSLs, all the all the all the T Twenty competitions to make money. So which is really sad. So yeah, look, <laughs> the longer winded answer, I guess. I, I think we're always going to be strong. It's I think South Africa are coming back, and I think New Zealand. So let's say four nations. Mm. Um, but we, we need we do need the the, the Sri Lankas, um, you know, to, to, to be strong, um, you know, and then the West Indies. I mean, the West Indies at the moment weren't even the World Cup. That's 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 not that doesn't sound right. No, no, it does not. No, it doesn't. Not up against those sides in the eighties. Seriously. Anyway, yeah. look, I love Test cricket. If that counts for anything, well, I so do I, and I think Rhino does yeah. too. I so, couldn't live yeah. in a. That's what I preferred. Between the three of us, we've got, yeah. we've got three lovers right three, now. Three, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly I couldn't right. imagine my Three life. out of three, so it must be strong. It must be okay. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> we've been doing some work with McDonald's this summer, Brian, and we've been talking about Macca's Classics. And we basically we, – uh, we were tasked with taking some uh, – recreating some classics, uh, like some famous <laughs> catches um, – the other week, and they've sort of they started playing them out during the uh, the cricket broadcast, which has been embarrassing and humbling because we didn't take great ones. But and the ones they that we did take, they've they've edited out. They've been put right, on, right. Yeah, they've been left <laughs> on the cutting room floor, mate. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, not favourable editing. But we would like to know what your favourite catch of all time. Where now you could be one you've taken, could be one that you've seen taken either when you're actually playing, but putting you on the spot. Favourite yeah. catch? There's two that come to mind straight away. And the one of Glenn McGrath where he tries to take it two-handed here in Adelaide actually takes it one-handed on the mm. backwards square boundary. Yep. I love that one. The other one would be Booney's catch off Warney's hat-trick. Yes. Yes. Great catch. Two great catches. Now, I'm not going to reveal it. We may or may not have attempted those. I'm not going to say We may or we may not <laughs> We have. cannot. I've also been led to believe that uh, Pigeon was out of position. Um, he was. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Had he had he been in position, he took you're talking about a regulation down the throat catch. <laughs> Correct. However, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the fact he was out of position creates the drama that we've loved ever since. Yes. Because it's it's an insane <laughs> catch. It's insane. Yeah. And he's so yeah. gangly that it just looks more in it like uh impossible. Have you yeah. ever taken yeah, one? The fact like he took it one-handed. Yeah. Have you ever, t- uh, yeah. Have you ever taken have. one leaping forward like that? Very difficult to do. Um, a couple leaping forward. I'm just trying to think. My best catch would have been. I took a pretty good one off Mitch at Adelaide Oval in that Ashes series in 2013 at Fine Lake, which I didn't see until late, and then sort of plucked it out of the air somehow. Um, at pace, obviously, because I, th- I I may have been out of position then as well. <laughs> might, have been, <laughs> might have been a bit close. Um, probably the best one I took was would have been, I reckon it was in my first game, which unfortunately I don't think it's on any footage of it. But I, at Allen Border Field, I think Andy Bickle hit it and I was running back, again, probably out of position. I was in close and reached back over my head, dived back over my head and took it one-handed. A bit like oh. Fatty. Remember the Fatty Vaughton one? Yes, yes. Yeah. Not quite as good as that. Not quite as good as that, but similar in, in, in a way there. That, that was probably my best one. But um, catches, yeah. Oh, mate, that's it. That, that's it. So Happy with them. A couple of good ones there. Good list. No, yeah. that's, that's a great list. Yeah. Mate, yeah. look, uh, 
thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to chat with you um, and, and share a bit of time. All the best uh, with the summer. Hopefully the yeah. uh, the big bash gets back. Is it on tonight? <laughs> Yeah, we're on tonight. We're, we're playing God. tonight. Playing Thank the Thunder tonight. And oh, well, we're, good luck. We're, we're, we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> we're ready, I can see that. All right, yeah, chum of cool. the bit. So yeah. we might have a look at you then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we might have a look at you then. yeah, all the best. Thanks for chat. No, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's Legend, been great. Mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, boys. Thank Cheers you. Up, Could you two just not talk anymore? Partners and Dribblers, just need to tell you about uh, the number one rosé ever created. That is Big Day Rosé. Your boys here, obviously, rosé barons, amongst other things. Don't this, mind a rosé. Don't mind it. One that's light, it. in colour, dry, and fuckable. It's very fuckable. It's up for it. You know what I mean? Oh, this, mate, the rosé's up for it whenever you want it Well, the, type thing. The, the beauty of being a rosé baron is I've always got rosé on hand, which is nice. And I've always got a bottle in the fridge just getting cold as fuck. We've always got a bottle that's keen. Keen as. Giving me eyes. Yeah, yeah. And fuck me eyes. Yeah, yeah, real fuck well, me drink eyes. Me a eyes. lingering stare. Yes. And had friends over the other night, and obviously I was like, I slipped a bottle out for everyone. Getting stares? Yeah, I was getting stares. It was sort of like whistling at me from the fridge. <laughs> Got out there, ripped the top off it, and we all enjoyed it. And I'm just like, Jesus, dude. Like, they're just, a rose doesn't get better. Still rose drinking season two. It's, In earnest. Oh, God, yeah. It's Should fucking hot as shit. 37, 38. They're talking 40 this week, mate. 40 degrees. Tell me that's not rosé drinking season? It is. If you Come haven't got on. Any, if you haven't got any, get some. Get some now while the getting's good because the getting won't be good for much longer. Hellosport.shop. Big day rosé. Get You're it. welcome. Get, get it down. You gob.